All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, everybody. Yeah! Welcome to the Better Little Never. Yeah! <laughs> ah, shit. I'm not actually inside a women's prison at the moment. The horniest went up to like 11. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Let's say a big fuck to Nick. Tyler Yerenka. Must go to Cinco de Mayo. Ty Ty, why won't you kiss me? Better late than never. 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 Five if you don't agree. Long live Arby's. Better late than never. I like the boys' accents, you know? Welcome to the show, everybody. It is Wednesday. That means it is time for episode 118 of BLTN. Thank you for being here. Plenty to talk about today. We're recording a little bit earlier in the afternoon than normal because the Oilers play at 5 p.m. today against the Carolina Hurricanes. As you know, things are uh, not improving so much, you know? Not improving so much. We got on a three-game win streak to start the Nobby era. I mean, Woody contributed a win to that as well, I suppose. But uh, since then, since our last episode, that would have been last Wednesday, the Oilers have lost two straight. There was the 6-4 loss to the Lightning, the 5-3 loss to the Panthers, had a two-goal lead in each. Not ideal. Not ideal. But we'll get there. 
We'll get there. First, I want to give a shout out to the audio department. Of course, they are helping me make all of this possible. The audio department works to create a safe space for creativity and collaboration for artists and musicians to realize their potential and share their message through sound and story. Go to theaudiodepartment.ca, book a little studio time, and get creative. Live out your dreams. All of the things you've always wanted to do and to record and speak into a microphone. The opportunities are endless. You just have to take the first step, theaudiodepartment.ca. Where to start today? Probably going to be a rambling episode of the podcast, if I'm being honest. Uh, A little bit distracted. Of course, I try to be as honest as I possibly can on the pod with you, if you're listening. Uh, Friday, my boy Frank, my dude, my dog, my literal dog, and my dog, if that makes sense. D-A-W-G and D-O-G. He has to go in to get a tooth pulled on Friday, and if you know, if you have a dog, if you've ever you know, had to do this before they have to get put under and I'm just nervous about it. So when I'm nervous, I tend to ramble, you know, Frank, unfortunately busted a tooth. Uh, how did he bust a tooth? That's a good question. It's a good question. If you have a terrier or if you've ever experienced a terrier, big chewers, big, big chewers has no, um, issues so far. doesn't feel any pain. Um, there's no exposed nerves, that's all good news, but unfortunately, the tooth has to come in, come out anyway before it, you know, before infection comes in and sets in his gums. And uh, I'm very triggered by it in the sense that my last dog, before Frank, you guys wouldn't have known her probably. I didn't really make any content with her. I, I adopted a retired breeding dog, and I named her Bentley. I did write about her on the website when she passed away. Uh, or when unfortunately I had to make the choice to put her down. Um, but she was a retired breeding dog and she had to get pretty much all of her teeth pulled. And because it took so long for her to get to me from where she was at, the life she was at, I adopted her. She was about, she was just almost nine years old. So she was an older dog when I got her. Um, unfortunately her gums were all infected and some of that infection went into her bloodstream and ultimately contributed to her getting um, congestive heart failure, which was ultimately what was the cause of having to put her down. So I'm, I'm always nervous about teeth. I've got a trigger about it. Now, Frank's vet goes, listen, there's no infection yet. If you want to wait a little bit, feel free to do so. But ultimately, one way or another, it has to come out. And I said, well, if it has to come out either way, then what are we waiting for? Let's just do it. I don't want to put my dude in any harm's way. So if I'm rambling today, that's probably what's on my mind. I'm being honest. He's my dude. He's my dog. D-O-G and D-A-W-G. Got it? All right. I'm sure he's going to be fine. Again, routine surgery is just you put your dog under for any reason. It's always uh, nerve wracking. I'm a nervous little dog daddy even though he's my boy. Actually, frankly, can I confess something to you? Podcast confessions. It actually really bothers me when people say that their pets are their kids. Because they're not. I mean, if you're putting your child in a kennel that is the size of your child and leaving for work or leaving to go get groceries or leaving a child in a cage by itself at home, you know, it's not the same thing. He's my dude, my best friend. Not my kid. Anyway, that's just my random podcast confession. I will try and do my best to stay on track, but that is what is on my mind today. The other thing that is on my mind is the uh, the amazing fight between Tim Peel and Mark Spector from earlier this week on Twitter. After the game against, I guess that would have been Florida on Monday night, Speck asked a question that clearly Tim Peel didn't appreciate, and they were going back and forth at the DMs. Now, going back and forth in the DMs is one thing. 
right? But to screenshot the DMs and then post them on Twitter is another thing entirely. So I will, uh, I'm going to bring Satan in here and we're going to do a little reenactment of what happened here in the DMs. Okay. So we're going to do, I am going to do the voice of Mark Spector and Satan will do the voice of Tim Peel. Got it. Thanks for piling on, Tim. I'll remember that next time you fuck up. So essentially, here's here's what the... I'll back up a step. Tim Peel posted on Twitter screenshots of their DMs. I just said that, but his caption on the tweet that kind of went viral a little bit has got 3 million impressions on that tweet as I'm recording this today. He goes, this is what happens when you call out an Edmonton reporter for asking Connor McDavid if he'd rather win 4-1. An idiotic question. Of course they would. This is why some players don't want to play in Canada. Connor played his ass off tonight, which he did. He had two goals against the Panthers, ultimately a frustrating loss. Again, we'll get to that later. We're talking about this right now. So there's the context of the situation. Situation, getting into the DMs. This is what got screenshotted and posted. Mark Spector says, Thanks for piling on, Tim. I'll remember that next time you fuck up. Well, that's a stupid question. Of course they'd like to win 4-1. You refs never have the balls to answer questions for your shit-ass work, and you're critiquing me? Quit being so sensitive. Grow some balls, Mark. Never played the game. Been around it long enough to know horseshit ref when I see one, Tim. I've been a very good read for my whole career, 35 years. Thanks for noticing. You've always been a fucking fraud, buddy. Hilarious. So now you see that come out. You see that come out. And then the replies are just amazing. They're outstanding, including my boy Frank Saravalli, who dunked on Tim Peel heavily. Went for the jugular, chopped the head off. Frank Saravalli, and I quote, Hey, Tim. Nice work tweeting private combos. Ah, that's right. You couldn't spell class if I spotted you the ASS. Paid any visits to berate teenagers in a referee locker room recently? Remember that? Or did you drunk tweet it and delete it like usual? So <laughs> it was getting spicy. It was getting very spicy. And if you go into the replies even further down the list, all you see is people dunking on one guy or another guy. And everybody's just like, I don't even know who to cheer for here. A lot of people don't like Mark Spector. They don't like his takes. They don't like the way he asks questions. They don't like uh, the articles, whatever. Tend to think that he picks on guys. It is what it is. I actually don't mind Mark Spector's articles at all. I kind of take it with a grain of salt and for what it's worth. He's a guy putting out takes, got to get clicks. Sportsnet pays him to get clicks. And sometimes when you need clicks, you write to get clicks, if you know what I'm saying. On the Tim Peel side... (laughs) The fact that Frank pulled up that uh, that story from The Athletic where Tim went to a, uh, a teenage locker room and yelled at some referees is outstanding. That is just some good back and forth. Of course, Frank is the president of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, so of course he's going to stand up for his boy. And um, it was a spicy little end to a Monday night, I'll tell you that much. I think I got that text of the thread no less than five, six times from just various people. Like my boy Quads, he was one of the first ones. He's like you gotta check this out wait till you see the shenanigans going down on social media oh my goodness i was ready to have a juice box and go to bed and then all of a sudden this kicks off and i'm way past my bedtime oh wow and it just went on from there just went on from there but it also leads me to you know social media spicy right now especially if you're in the oilers orbit which leads me to our social media situation i'm not gonna rehash the whole thing if you saw it you saw it 
It was from last weekend. I wasn't overly happy about a bunch of things that got handled on the Oilers Nation account. I handled it. We made some changes behind the scenes, made some changes in process so that this kind of stuff doesn't happen again. But ultimately, right now, it's one of those ones where there's always a little bit of a fuse lit regardless of what's going on, because the Oilers are terrible. They were supposed to be good at 5-11-1. This whole season is a disaster, and people are just a little bit on edge. And I get it, too, man. I get it. Shit's tough right now. Groceries a million dollars for next to nothing. People are stressed out about all kinds of stuff. And then when you have something that's supposed to be your escape from life for a couple hours every other day with the Edmonton Oilers being good, Stanley Cup contenders... Having this kind of thing kick off is, uh, you know, it's enough to make anybody upset. So I totally get everybody's situation and how things are just a little bit on edge. My approach in these situations is always try to have a little bit of fun, make some jokes. But then I look at through my Twitter feed and there's certainly times where I go, ah, a little bit aggressive, my boy. A little bit aggressive. Maybe the joke doesn't land the way you expected it to. Maybe the wording is a little bit harsher than you expected it to. Maybe the takes aren't quite as clear as you expected them to be. That's where we're at. November 22nd. Again, 5-11 and 1 will do that to you when you're supposed to be a cup contender. The Oilers have to play at essentially a 105-point clip to get to 95 points from here. They can do that. They can absolutely do that. The Oilers have passed that pace the last couple of seasons, so they've got the skill and the personnel, specifically McDavid and Dreisaitl, to do that. Those are the best players on the team. They need to be the best players. I'm going to touch on that a little bit later in the righteous sack beating. I'm seeing some stuff out there that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Anyway, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that uh, normally when the Oilers are bad, the gallows humor comes out and we can all have a good laugh about what's going on. But this year feels different. This year feels painful and I completely understand it. So if you're listening to this right now, and you're like, shut up, bag milk. I don't want to hear from you. I get that too. I'm just here doing my thing. I want to make you laugh a little bit. I want to tell some jokes. The other thing I want to do is I want to talk about uh, we're trying to help out the Edmonton Food Bank. We are going into the holiday season. Obviously, this is a major, major period for the Edmonton Food Bank, and they need some help. And in turn, I need your help. We are setting up Oilers Nation food donation boxes with a bunch of our great, great partners. Sherwood for the Giant out in Sherwood Park is going to have a box there. Wilhawk Beef Jerky at their Leduc location is going to have a box there. Sports Closet at St. Albert Mall and Sherwood Park Mall. They are also going to have a box there. Uh, Greta downtown on 109th street. They are going to have a box for food donations. And of course, dog patch slash bread and butter. That is right below where our office is. We are going to have a donation box there. So essentially what I'm asking you to do is if you've got non-perishables, please bring them on down. Please make a donation. Let's help the food bank get stocked up. It's a tough, t- uh, tough time for the food bank every year, and we want to do the best we can. If you want to make a donation money-wise, that also goes a long way with the, Ed- the Edmonton Food Bank. You can do that right through their website. So go on, check out the Edmonton Food Bank, make a donation if you can, or stop by any of our donation boxes, or frankly, any donation box. Really does not matter to me. Go ahead and make a donation. Let's make the holiday season a little bit happier and a little bit better off for everybody. And... Uh, Let's do the best we can. I know I'm going to go out and buy some stuff, and I'm going to ship it out um, at a couple of the boxes. I'm hoping to do a little bit of a tour. Watch our socials. We're going to give you some kind of key indicators on where the boxes are and what you need to do. We're just launching the initiative today, so just letting you know about what's happening. Uh, speaking of food, though, I'm 
to hard pivot off that. Go donate to the Edmonton Food Bank. That's what I'm saying, but I'm pivoting now, okay? Hard pivot. I tried a food that I didn't know existed until just the other day. Um, pickle soup. Pickle soup. I, I learned that I think it's a Polish dish. And I, I got to talk to my boy Waz about it. I got to talk to him about what's going on with this uh, with this dish. I thought when me misses, she's like, here, I want you to try something. I want you to try pickle soup. I was like, wait a minute. This sounds like a trick. Are you tricking me? It's not. It's good. It's delicious. Especially, I mean, I love pickles. Dill pickle chips, dill pickles just in general. I'll eat a pickle out of the fucking jar. Pickled eggs, you name it. If it's pickled, I want it. Pickle soup, I didn't know it was a thing until yesterday. And there I am. Tried it. Fantastic. I didn't think I was going to like it, to be honest. I looked at it. I'm like, it smells almost like chips. I tasted it. It was good. It's good. Where did this come from? Why is this a thing now? All of a sudden, I tweeted about it last night. I was like, man, I tried pickle soup for the first time. I didn't even know it was a thing. All these people were in the same kind of boat. They're like, I just tried it last month. I just tried it too. Here's where I get it in Edmonton. Here's where the best place to get it is. Fantastic. Mind is always open to new foods, people. If you've got a delicious food item that I should be trying or just a delicious place that I probably haven't heard of because this pickle soup phenomenon is clearly taken over and there's a bunch of places in the city where people are getting it and there's like, oh, the best one's here. No, the best one's there. Send that to me. I want to broaden my horizons. I'm always down for it. Always down for it. In the meantime, let's get to the news. The news is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. If there's one thing better than shared memories, that's making new ones. Alberta Blue Cross Travel Insurance protects your memories and more wherever travel takes you. Visit ab.bluecross.ca forward slash travel for more information. As a proud Alberta Blue Cross member, I just had to go get my asthma medication the other day, and it was cheaper because I am a Blue Cross member. Thank you. Thank you. As I mentioned off the jump... Uh, the Oilers are 5-11-1, and one. back-to-back losses in Florida, the state of Florida, that is. Tampa Bay Lightning, they lost, what was that, 6-4, I said? Time's a flat circle at this point, I can't remember. Yeah, 6-4, and then they lost 5-3 to the Florida Panthers. The most annoying part about both of those games is they roaring start, came out to a two-rip lead, both games in Tampa. Some bad luck and some, you know, needing a save. Sorry, Stu. Kind of sunk the ship there. I don't blame him for the ones where like a pass got ripped across the ice, hits Matias Ekholm, bounces over Stu's shoulder. That's just bad luck. That's the way she goes. But if the Oilers didn't have bad luck, they'd have no luck. The next game in Florida, same thing. Two rip right off the jump. First 10 minutes of the game, up to nothing. You're feeling good, looking good, faking like, hey man, what kind of pregame speech Calvin Pickard do here anyway? Because the boys are buzzing. Unfortunately. That's kind of where the good news stopped. I mean, Connor McDavid did get two goals. Having Connor now with four goals in his last four games, starting to feel like he's picking it up a little bit. And if he's picking it up, it's only a matter of time before Leon Dreisaitl starts picking it up and the wins are going to follow. But right now, pain. Right now, it's painful. And I actually feel for Chris Knobloch right now. I feel for Chris Knobloch because the guy is stepping into a shit sandwich of a situation, meaning he's walking into... A, a city for his first ever NHL gig where the pressure is immense. They just fired a coach that was beloved. Like if you go on any Edmonton Oilers social media post, still, still, let me, how many games are we into this now? One, two, three, four. We have four games in the Nobby era. If you go into any of the Oilers social media posts, there are still people talking about Jay Woodcroft in there. And I get it. I loved him too. 
I loved him too. I still do. I think he's going to go somewhere and probably win a Stanley Cup as a coach and we're going to have to watch it happen and tears are going to roll down my face and I'm going to have to record a podcast and I'm going to be like, it was totally fine that they let him go. But the management, they played their card. They played their fire the coach card and they played it early. So now what do we got to do? We've got Nobby in there. He's trying to make changes. He's trying to be positive, but he's got to be feeling the pressure already. I mean, he's got to be looking out and going, motherfucker, this goaltending situation and the lack of defense is going to get me fired. I've been here for four games, for fuck's sakes. But on the flip side, I would imagine Jay Woodcroft's, you know, I like to I like to picture, of course he's pissed off, but I like to picture of him with his feet up. Maybe he's got a cocktail, eating his favorite foods, collecting them checks every two weeks from the Oilers. He's still got another year at three million bucks. Wasn't your fault, Woody was not your fault. The other thing that came out this week, it was a report out of Toronto. And of course, just take this with a grain of salt, but I'm going to talk about it because it's an Oilers podcast. Dave Gagne. That's right. That is Sam Gagne's dad, player agent, could be a candidate to be the next Edmonton Oilers GM. It seems like a trend across the NHL a little bit where player agents, former player agents are stepping into GM roles. It makes sense. The connections, they know how the contracts work. They've negotiated a bunch of them, blah, blah, blah. The funny part is, though, that it's Sam Gagne's dad. Because it's Sam Gagne's dad, if you go into the comment section at OilersNation.com on the article that Zach Lang wrote about it, people are upset. Now, he could be the best GM candidate on earth, but because it's Sam Gagne's dad, people are rattled. And I kind of get it, but at the same point, it makes me laugh. I have no opinion on this other than being like, well, it's kind of funny. Do we sign Sam to an eight-year deal? Extension coming? He had two goals in that one period, remember? Of course he did. Good times around here. <laughs> ah, speaking of good times, I uh, want Touch on Jack Campbell last night for the Bakersfield Condors. 30 save shutout. Obviously, we're talking about baby steps here for Jack Campbell regaining his confidence. Who knows what the next start down there looks like. He hasn't exactly had a good run in the AHL so far. But last night, he made a 30 save shutout. And apparently, he looked pretty damn solid doing it. So... On a human level, I'm just hoping that his confidence starts to come back. But when I look at the numbers... Four starts with the Condors. He's got a 326 goals against average and an 873 save percentage, which I coincidentally matches his save percentage in the NHL. Matchy, matchy. That's consistency. I just hope on a human level that he can kind of start to bounce back, get some confidence, and just, you know, for whatever comes next. Speaking of which, Frank Saravalli was on Oilers Nation every day earlier this week. I don't know if with uh and Liam asked about what's going to take to get rid of Jack Campbell and Frank thinks it might be a first round pick and a third to get rid of that contract. Would you do it? A first and a third. You don't want to trade this year's first. No way. Given that things are going a little bit sideways right now, we are lottery champs. Do you really want to risk it? Or do you risk it betting that a new goalie, a better goal, well, better, more consistent goalie I mean, let's be honest here. If you're going fishing for a goalie in November, nobody is going to be like, oh, here's UC Saros. No problem, Edmonton. I hope you have a good time. Best of luck to you, sir. No, they're going to throw you an anchor and they're going to charge you a lot for it. So if you have to pay a first and a third just to get rid of Jack Campbell, do you do it? Then you got to think about what the cost of acquisition is for a new goaltender. Over at dailyfaceoff.com, 
Frank Saravalli, again, my boy. He was writing a couple of goalies, five options for the Edmonton Oilers to target in net. Some of these I do not like. Some of them I don't mind. Case in point, James Reimer, 35 years old, six games played with the Red Wings. He does have a 917 save percentage. I don't know that James Reimer is going to be the answer. Now, chances are he'd be cheap cheaper than some of these other options like number two Mackenzie Blackwood again he's playing for the San Jose Sharks they are dreadful so the fact that he's got a 900 save percentage which would lead our team by the way that that's a name where he's a younger guy he's 26 he's kind of the same age as the core that's somebody who I could see fitting in with Stuart Skinner and challenging each other back and forth you know, uh, Frank says, and I quote, he was considered one of the bright young goalies in the league with a 9-11 save percentage in his first three seasons, 105 games. His career got derailed mostly by injury. It was a heel problem that uh, started to carve out the back of his skate to provide some relief. Blackwood got a fresh start in San Jose after San Jose traded a six-round pick to get his signing rights. So does San Jose really want to get rid of him? They could probably recoup more than a six-round pick for him right now. Jake Allen is another name, $3.85 million cap hit. I just can't see it happening. I just can't see Jake Allen being the guy that would right the ship. In eight games played with the Canadians, he has a 3.54 goals against average and a 907. Again, I mean the 907, I go, oh, hey, 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 I would love to have that. Carol Vamelka from the Arizona Coyotes, he is 27 years old, 10 games played, 318 goals against average and 901 save percentage. One more year, 272. I think that Vamelka would be a solid fit. Would the would the Coyotes even consider giving up Vamelka, given that they're kind of in contention for a playoff spot right now? Probably not. And the last option on the list is Carter Hart out of Philly. 10 games played, 2-4-0 goals against average, and 9-19. You go, yep, I'd like that. But here's where it gets tricky. And I quote, this is from Frank Saravarli. Hart is unquestionably the best goaltender on this list. He's from Edmonton, and if the price is right, the Flyers would likely be open to moving uh, to moving him. He might be 30 by the time the Flyers get to where GM Danny Breer envisions them being, and let's face it, Hart's stellar play is only holding Philadelphia back for better draft position. Hart would not only have the highest acquisition cost of the five names that Frank listed, but he also has something hanging over his head as a member of Team Canada's 2018 World Junior Championship team that has been embroiled in an appalling sexual assault investigation. That investigation has lingered on now, and some believe it has made Hart and other players connected to that team untradeable. In fact, it might even make them a non-starter for the Edmonton Oilers. Would anyone trade for him now, not knowing what may be around the corner? Maybe not. But if he is assumed to be innocent until proven otherwise, he's playing right now, and he's playing at a very, very high level. End quote. So what do you do? What do you do? Do any of those names tickle your fancy? What about the Montreal guys? Samuel Montambeau. We talked about him on Oilers Nation Radio on Monday night. We did a late night episode on Monday. What about him? We'll see what happens. And again, I just think that right now, trying to trade for a goaltender is going to be nearly impossible for the Oilers. No one wants to help us. No one's throwing life vests out in the ocean while we're drowning. They're going to put their foot on our head and step downward, right? course looking ahead at tonight's game against the hurricanes i'm not going to talk too much about the 4-2 win that's going to happen that dick could age badly i do want to talk about the new line combos 
So today at practice, looking at Tony Barrar's Twitter, he tweeted out the new line rushes from practice this morning. Warren Fogel, McDavid, Dreisaitl, that is your new first line. Kane, Nuge, Hyman, that is the second line. Yanmark back for the first time in a minute. Of course, he was photographed wearing that sling a little while ago. He's on the third line with McLeod and Derek Ryan. Ernie, Gagne, Hamblin, and Brown rotating on the fourth line. If you had told me when we signed Connor Brown on uh, free agency day that he'd be rotating in and out in line rushes on the fourth line, well, I would have believed you. Uh, the fact that he's a $3.25 million bonus hit with the 10th game played against, uh, was that the Panthers? Panthers or Lightning? I, I don't remember now. Time's a flat circle. Everything sucks, so what does it matter anyway? But uh, if you told me that, I would have never believed you, and here we are. Not a point for my boy Connor Brown, and yet he is going to get that $4 million paycheck. Ah, shit. The only way that $3.25 million does not get applied to next year's salary cap is if the Oilers end up selling at the deadline and clearing some space, in which case it would be applied to this year's cap. We'll see what happens. I don't want to think about that yet. I just can't think about being sellers at the deadline with this team. I just can't think about it yet. You should probably think about it because things are not going well. Here you are stomping around your house, stomping your feet like a fucking baby. And you're not going to think about this? Come on, man. Anyway. Grim. It is grim around here, friends. It is grim. Uh, Looking at the defensive pairings, those have also been switched up. The most notable, Brett Kulak getting a bump from the third pairing up with Darnell Nurse. He's going to be playing on his off wing. Ekholm still with Bouchard. And the third pairing is currently Broberg, DeHarnay, and CeCe. So CeCe's obviously going to play, but who's the one that plays with him? Cody CeCe's arguably been the Oilers' most consistent defenseman over the last couple of weeks. Does he play with Broberg? CeCe Broberg might be an interesting pairing. Will... Nobby go 11 and seven. The fun, man, there's so many funny things going on with this team right now. And if they weren't bad, I would be having a heyday laughing about this because a bunch of people were really bummed out and upset and rattled when Woody would go 11, seven, especially towards the end. They go, Oh no, you got to go 12, six, man. You got to go 12, six. And then the other night, Nobby goes 11, seven and be able to go. Ah. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, it's like that meme, right? where the Scooby-Doo characters pull off the guy's face and it's actually the other guy. I feel like Woody's still here with us. I wish he was. Maybe we can get Woody and Nobby. The Woody Nobby show. Well, maybe we have to wait until Nobby to get fired for uh, Kent Holland's missteps for that to happen. But of course, I'm just being negative. I'm being sassy. I've got problems. It hurts. Today, I was writing my Risky Business article. It's my game day betting article. And we'll we'll walk through that through the Betway Bets of the Day. But um, it's painful, man. If you're a sports better right now, I should be having fun and making bank betting on the Oilers right now. But instead, I'm nipping around the edges. I'm like, maybe they might get 32 shots on goal. And they didn't. Maybe Evan Bouchard might get two and a half shots on goal. But he didn't. <laughs> so going back to the social media co- uh, conversation we were having a little bit earlier, the Evan Bouchard, man, like... He is just, he is a lightning rod right now. And while I both understand it, I don't get it at the same time. Because if you go on the far reaches of either side of the argument, right? There's a bunch of us in the middle. There's a bunch of us in the middle that make sensible points. Here's what I think my point is. I love, I love what Evan Bouchard does on the offensive side of the puck. He is by far 
Not even close. He is by far our best offensive defenseman. It is really not close. In fact, he is a country mile better than the next one. He has more goals. I think I'm going to do this properly here. I closed my tab. I fucked up my flow on this. Um, He has more. Let me go back down, back down, back down, back down, back down, back down, back down. Uh, Six points at home. So that's 10. That's 17, 18. He has nearly as many points himself. He has 17 points in 17 games as the rest of the defensive group combined. Think about that for a second. He has 17 points. The rest of the group entirely has eight, uh, 18 points. Is my math right? 10, 12, 17, 18. Yeah. The rest of the group entirely has 18 points. So on the offensive side of the puck, Evan Bouchard is a stud. Full stop. Full stop. He is a fucking stud offensively. Other end of the ice? Well, room for improvement? Question mark? Watch my voice get a little higher? Because here's the thing. The urgency on the defensive side of the puck does not match what he does at the other end of the rink. The back check's a little loose. The handling of the puck, a little bit loose in the defensive zone. And it's ending up with some costly errors. We saw it again the last two games, the last two losses, where Evan Bouchard was on there and probably direct, not directly responsible. I don't want to play him a single player in a team game like hockey, but ultimately he could have done something about goals against and couldn't. I think that's fair. He needs to crank up the urgency in the defensive side of the game. But if you look at either side of the ledger, you've got people being like, he's the worst defenseman of all time. Shouldn't even be in the NHL. And you go, well, that's dumb. And then at the other end, you go, he's the best defenseman the Oilers have. And no matter what he does, he fucking rules. And again, that's dumb too. Somewhere in the middle. He is without question, the best defenseman the Oilers have on the offensive side of the puck. On the other side though, Here's the thing. I look at this defensive group on the right side. So tonight, I mean, take your pick, right? So tonight it's Kulak, Bouchard, DeHarnay, or CeCe. Well, let's just say Kulak, Bouchard, CeCe tonight. Say you want Bouchard to play fewer minutes. Where where do the rest of them go? Under normal circumstances, it would be CeCe, Bouchard, DeHarnay on the right side. Who CeCe and DeHarnay, who gets more minutes if you're bumping down Evan Bouchard to the third pairing? Who's getting those minutes? That's Ken Holland's fault. That's not Evan Bouchard's fault. He is getting thrown out there for more five-on-five minutes than he can probably handle right now, specifically in the defensive zone. And I don't look at that as a problem for Evan Bouchard. I look at that as a problem where we have got a player that is not polished in his defensive zone, and maybe he never will be. Remember, he just played 200 games. So this is still, despite the fact that he looks fucking 45, he is still a young man learning the craft. Now... Ken Holland could not go out and bolster the defense this summer. We ran back the same group, the same group that got knocked out in the playoffs. And there's something there where you go, well, what was that decision about? What were the options? Were there options? I have no idea. But when I think about Evan Bouchard and just the reaction to him right now, whether it's good or bad, I feel like it's really unfair to the player and a lot of people are pointing fingers at him when we should be pointing fingers upstairs. The only whipping boy that I see right now in this organization is the GM that put this team together because it's flawed. The goaltending, not nearly good enough. 
I believe Stu's going to rebound, but like the Jack Campbell contract right now is looking worse than the Milan Lucic contract. You could hide Luch on the fourth line when he fell to shit. You cannot hide your goaltender. Uh, speaking of Milan Lucic, unfortunately, uh, really unfortunate news with him. He is entered the uh, the NHL's assistant. Uh, what is that called? I want to get it right. He has entered the player assistance program. And he's also taken indefinite leave from the Boston Bruins after um, after a domestic incident that happened earlier in the week when it was alleged that Lucic attempted to choke his wife, Brittany, after verbal argument allegedly turned physical. Just awful, devastating news. The Bruins announced on Saturday that Lucic was taking an indefinite leave of absence from the team after what was only described as an incident. The NHL does not have clearly defined domestic violence policy, though Lucic would be subject to discipline for off-ice conduct by Commissioner Gary Bettman. The whole situation is a disaster. I just completely grossed out. Awful, awful, awful story out of Boston. And um, I don't even know what to say beyond that. I mean, I hope Milan Lucic gets the help he needs because uh, checking himself into the player assistance program is clearly a step in that direction. But ultimately, there was a... Uh, I'm not going to speculate on what happened. I'm just reading the reports that you've all read, and it's gross. It's gross, and it's dark, and it's not something that you ever want to see or even talk about. Awful, awful story out of Boston. And uh, feel for his wife, feel for his kids. That's where I'll end it. Uh, turning back to the Oilers, however, again, we mentioned that Carolina tonight, that is a 5 p.m. mountain start. Washington on Friday is a 1 p.m. start. So watch out for the Oilers Nation YouTube. We're going to have a watch along again because in the middle of the day, we're all going to be the office. We're like, why not make some content about the game? So we're going to have a watch along. The gang will all be there. They'll be commenting on the game. Join us in the chat. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, if we get to 30K subs by the trade deadline, Tyler Yemchuk is going to be doing a boudoir shoot, a doudoir shoot, if you are so inclined. And thinking about the trade deadline, was that in February? We could do like a winter theme, you know, some ice crystals, maybe some fake snow, maybe uh, a little pile of snow, a little tuft covering Tyler's goods. But of course, you gotta, <laughs> you've got to subscribe to the YouTube page if you want to make that happen. Go subscribe to my YouTube page as well. Again, if you don't know why I have a YouTube page, that's a fair question. Basically, I, I'm tired of keeping videos on my phone, so I dump them all on there so I can still look at them like Frank's picks as an example. Love my dude. He won the other day, by the way. He picked the Florida Panthers. Um, love my dude. I just, I'm running out of space on my phone. I don't want to play for iCloud storage. YouTube, you've got a lot of storage. There you go. Go subscribe to Hi, My Name is Bag Milk on YouTube. Uh, looking at the schedule again, though, Carolina tonight, Washington Friday. So we'll have that watch along on, on, on Friday, uh, kicking off just shortly before puck drop. Anaheim on Sunday and then Vegas on Tuesday. So we've got some tough games coming up. Anaheim is starting to fall back down to earth a little bit after a decent start for a franchise nobody expected anything from. Carolina tonight is going to be tough. Oh, there's only won five games there over the last handful of years it is grim it is dire but at the same point if they could go out and win 6-2 and i'd be like well that makes sense given the given the season we've had nothing makes sense everything's upside down we are in the upside down up is down blue is red bloods are crips <laughs> nothing makes sense so we've got a very important four game stretch here but again four two wins coming tonight last thing i want to mention in the news is black friday nationgear.ca we're going to do our usual exclusive line we've got limited runs 
we've got very limited runs of this of these designs and of these gear so go get them it kicks off noon on thursday nationgear.ca i know it's the black friday sale but we're kicking it off noon on thursday let's be honest black friday is basically turning into a week-long event we're jumping in early normally we launch at midnight on thursday night or 11 59 p.m or whatever you want to say noon go check out the new designs i was playing with some of them yesterday at hq they are looking slick and that's where we're going to end off the alberta blue cross uh, and off the news for Alberta Blue Cross. Alberta Blue Cross. There's only one thing better than sharing memories, and that's making new ones. Alberta Blue Cross Travel Insurance protects your memories and more wherever travel takes you. ab.bluecross.ca forward slash travel for more information. You're listening to Better Late Than Never. In the words of EMF, you're unbelievable. Yes, you are unbelievable. It is time to look at how I've been doing on me bets. If you are 19 plus and could do so responsibly, the fine folks at Betway have something for you, and I promise it's a good time if you're winning. Again, as I mentioned earlier, not so much fun betting doing a betting segment every game when the Oilers are terrible. But here's what I've got tonight going up against the Hurricanes. We'll see how how these age. We'll see how these age. I feel like this is an opportunity for us to do something fun. This is an opportunity for us to turn things around. And like I mentioned, Connor McDavid, four goals in his last four games. He had two against the Panthers. Connor McDavid, anytime goal scorer at plus 110. If you can get Connor to score at plus money, you take it. You absolutely take it. My $5 bet would turn into $10.50. I also have for my easy money bet, total goals over six and a half at minus 150. So what that means is we need seven goals total. The Oilers can win seven, nothing. They can win six, one. They can win five, two. They can win four, three. As long as I get seven total goals, my $5 bet turns into 833. That is the easy money bet. Given the goaltending situation, you know, Also, given that the Oilers have scored four goals in four of their last five games, I'm feeling pretty good about that one. The risky business bet, that one's where I get a little frisky. I have Connor McDavid to score two goals at plus $605, return into 35 there. And lastly, the can't-miss parlay, over six and a half goals in Leon Dreisaitl to score a single point at minus 120. A $5 bet turns into 916. Looking at last game against the Panthers, I got shut out. Evan Bouchard over two and a half shots? No. Oilers over 32 shots on net? No. Leon Dreisaitl and McDavid both to score? No. Oilers to win and Leon Dreisaitl to register a point? No. Fucking sucks. But we flush that one and we move on. You know? We flush that one and we move on. That's all you can do. I'm no quitter. Again, provide that you are 19 plus and can do so responsibly. Go check out Betway. Put a couple of shekels down, but make sure that it is something you are prepared to lose because I am telling you right now, a lot of losing is going on. You're listening to Edmonton's best dating podcast for hopeless hockey fans. Better late than never. With your love guru, Bag Milk. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. For Trilogy Oilfield Rentals, it is time for the right to sack beating. 
This is where I do a little venting about what's bothering me. And of course, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals are an established provider of tools and expertise across multiple oilfield disciplines, specializing in rentals, pipe recovery, abandonments, and completions. Currently, they maintain full-time operating units in Provost, Weyburn, and Kindersley. And you might be wondering yourself, bag milk, what kind of tools they got? And I'm going to tell you. Rental tools, fishing tools, coil tools, drilling tools, mills and bits, completion tools, any tools for any job. TrilogyRentals.ca. There you go. So what's bothering me this week? Blaming the stars. Blaming Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl for everything that is happening right now. It drives me nuts. Now, I am not saying that those two guys are above critique. I am not saying that. And when they play poorly, it is completely fair to point that out. I think both guys are struggling with confidence right now a little bit. Leon is missing shots from his office that would have been automatic the last handful of years. Right now, they're just not going in for him. And Connor McDavid, like I said earlier, starting to turn things around. But for very for most of the season to this point, he has not looked like Connor McDavid. So I need to ask you guys to stop blaming the Stars for everything that's going on. Because for years, when they would bail us out on a night when nobody else would score... We loved it. We loved watching them do their thing. We loved watching them get points. And right now, when they're battling, we need other players to step up. I'm thinking Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You have one goal in 13 games, my boy, just because you have 13 points in 17 games, which is ultimately not too bad. You look at that and you go, oh shit, that's not too bad. But he needs to get some goal scoring happening. We need the power play to start buzzing. But to have takes, like I see it on OilersNation.com, I see it on Twitter, I see it in Reddit sometimes, where people are legitimately putting out the idea that trading Leon Dreisaitl is going to help this team. It's not going to help this team. Look around the NHL. There are very, very few instances where trading the best player in the trade has helped the team moving on from that player. And here we are contributing to the narrative that that is what's best. And I'm saying this is a very small vocal minority. The bulk of people, most people, the silent majority to the far, far reaches of the pro-Dreisaitl, pro-McDavid faction think it's nuts, but there's a very small minority that is getting very, very vocal about, oh, you got to move on to him. I'm looking at TSN the other day, and they go, well, uh, Mr. Hayes, I'm looking at Mr. Hayes. If the Oilers want to get rid of Jack Campbell, they may have to throw Dreisaitl in as a sweetener. Like, what the fuck? No, man. We need to be doing everything we possibly can to keep these guys, not try and push them out. And again, I'm not telling you how to fan. That's not what I do. But what I am saying is let's try and create an environment that's a little better for these guys because they've done a hell of a lot through their career for this team, for this franchise, for this city. And right now when things are not going our way, I would love to see us rally behind them and support them a little bit more than what's going on. Again, most people are doing that. Most people are supporting them. Most people recognize that this is a slump for both players, that they're going to work their way out of it, and they're going to look more like their former selves, their usual selves. They're going to look like the players we need them to be. But blaming two guys for things going wrong and trying to be, I don't know, body language experts on what's going on, it doesn't make sense to me. And again, I'm not trying to tell you to do what you want to do or to do whatever you think is best. I'm not telling you how to fan here, but what I am asking you to do is to use your head a little bit more. Think about it logically. 
You trade Leon Dreisaitl for what? Handful of pieces? Maybe some picks? How does that help us win right now? How does that help us keep Connor McDavid in Edmonton? Do you want to lose both of them? Are we going to kick off a rebuild again? Or are we going to try and figure this out, work through the situation, and move forward with our best players, knowing they have the support of the fan base when things are not going well? Let's not look at Fairweather fans. Let's not look like Fairweather fans. Let's not be Canucks fans, where when things are going bad, everybody sucks and you check out. There's a small group of people that are there right now, and it doesn't make sense. And then we're also having to deal with things like this. This is from the 32 Thoughts podcast. Sooner or later, you start to look at the long-term picture like, oh, Leon Dreisaitl, what's he thinking right now? I don't believe you're there yet, but it's there. It's not too far on the horizon if this doesn't turn around. We are very fortunate to watch these two guys on a regular basis, on a nightly basis. Do you remember what it was like before they got here? Because I feel like with some of this chatter from a very small group of people, you don't remember what it was like before those two got here. Leon Dreisaitl is still on pace for over 100 points despite his quote-unquote struggles. There were plenty of times in the decade of darkness when the leading scorer on the Edmonton Oilers couldn't crack 70. 60 points maybe in the 50s. I'm not saying that having elite point producers is going to win you a Stanley Cup every time because clearly we haven't had that yet. But I, I feel a hell of a lot better with those two around than without. There's no way that this team is better without them. And what I'm asking is even though it's hard, let's try and create an environment where the majority of us that support them get a little bit louder and support them a little bit more. Because right now, I feel like they need it. I look at those two guys and some of the body language tells me, I'm a body language expert too now, tells me they need a hug. Tells me they're gripping the stick. And it tells me that they need a little bit of confidence so they can feel better about their game and do what they do. And do what they have done their entire tenure here in Edmonton. And that is produce. So if you see somebody saying, oh, trade one of them like it's going to help, it's not going to help. I promise you that. And... When we're doing this, it just lends to other fan bases talking about this being a market no one wants to come to. And maybe, who knows what they're thinking, maybe that's what's going on in their heads anyway. But right now, I'm not going to be a voice that contributes to setting an environment and a tone for them that that does not make sense to me. I have no interest in watching them leave. I support both of them. They are our best players. They have been our best players, and they will be our best players. And I'm begging you to support them just like when they were, because it's going to turn around again, and we're starting to take receipts about who's pointing out that they're over. Who's saying that they're finished? They're done. They forgot to play hockey? Give me a break. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Jimmy. Go buy for Romeo right now. Subscribe to the podcast and write a review or I will terminate you. And I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Where have you been, Ben? I haven't heard from you in a while. I see a bunch of anonymous voicemails for today. We don't have a whole lot of voicemails for today. People are upset. The voicemail, also, I miss my Alfa Romeo. I'm back driving my old whip, and I love my old whip. I've had it for a long time. It runs great. It's paid off. It's just not the same. It's not as sexy, you know? If you want to sponsor the voicemail, reach out to me, bagmilkatoilersnation.com, or if you just want to chat, bagmilkatoilersnation.com. This segment is looking for a sponsor, and we're going to kick it off with a message from an anonymous caller of some kind. What say you, sir? Hello! You're listening to Better Late Than Never with Bagged Milk. Cheerio for porn. Pretty sure that was from last week. Man, I really have no voicemails if that one is from last week. Hang on, let's the date on this guy. Let's see. This was uh, this one's from a couple of days ago. Donkey's COVID voice. You're listening to Better Late Than Never. Donkey got the vid? Heal up, sir. I need you. The world needs you. The BLTN community needs you. Heal up, Donkey. We are working through the Donkey Volley Recovery voicemail. Best wishes to you, sir. What do we got to say on this one? Yeah, Emily, I'm not in the best situation to um, talk about things. You sound like you've been smoking darts like all day. I think about the podcast that I did, O&R podcast from Seattle, when Jay Woodcroft got fired. I went to listen back to it. It doesn't even sound like me at all. I got a bunch of text messages being like, was that you? You sound like shit. And why? It's because I was one, drinking heavily. Two, trip darts don't count. Three, felt like a bag of shit. You sound like that, Donkey Volley. So I'm really, really cheering for you. Get yourself maybe a, a nice tea and honey, maybe a green tea. It's delightful. You are English after all. I assume you're drinking tea all the time. It's because, yes, the donkey has no voice. And good afternoon. <laughs> Some people might like it. Um, I'm not actually said too much about MJ Woodcroft, but I'm really sad that um, he's not part of the orders anymore. I loved Woody. He was the coach that we always wanted to do something. Really, really wanted. And 
Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm having a hard time dealing with this. It's like, do you ever watch TV shows when now like vocal fry is a thing? Where they sound like they're frogs. And they've got that affect on their voice where they sound like this. My poor donkey volley is battling it right now. It's not going to listen to it. Or if someone in the Orla's um, situation are in the position to go heavily. <laughs> Jay Woodcroft, I love you. For the one moment you put your fucking tits up, open the gate, win in the series against Calgary open that gate and planted your foot Jay Woodcroft you will always be an oiler I fucking love you passionate by Donkey Volley passionate support of Jay Woodcroft I agree though it's hard not to think of that moment sometimes Oilers beat the Flames. Obviously, Connor scored an OT, knocked them out. Chris Cuthbert with a great call. Jay Wilcroft kicks open that door, plants himself there. Heroes pose, hands on the hip, waiting for Daryl Sutter. Fantastic. One of the greatest memories I as an Oilers fan that I've ever had, frankly. Uh, who we got? We got Nick coming up here in the Donkey Volley recovery voicemail. Still baked milk. The Oilers are down to the fourth Panthers. And you posted a meme about how Jake Woodcroft watching this game, realizing that he wasn't the problem. Um, and I love Woody, and I don't think he was the whole problem. I also didn't think Tippett was the whole problem either. I think Woody has a sizable role in this team's struggles, and no one's talking about it. Uh, I'm curious to hear where this is going to go, because as we see, new coach, same struggles. Go ahead, Nick. Um, I guess Liam Horbin. Liam Horbin did talk about it. Shout out Liam. Um, Woodcroft blended the lines a lot. We know this. But the big thing is the defense. This Edmonton... Why are you out of breath, Nick? Like You sound like you're running up the stairs. What's going on here? This team is fucking atrocious defensively. They look lost. They look like they have no fucking idea how to play defense. They don't know what the hell they're doing. It is mind-numbing. It is so frustrating. Last year... Albeit the Oilers were not terrific defensively, but they were good, they were solid, and they were passable. What is the big thing, the elephant in the room, that has changed since last year? Woodcroft changed the defensive system to his own defense. And I know it's been changed back, but I just wonder if this zone defense was so fucking bad for this team that it's just it completely threw everyone off and no one can get back on it because... Before they can build any momentum, they're getting fucking scored on because they can't catch any luck. And it all started because Woodcroft changed the defensive system. Maybe I'm wrong. That's just how I see it. From my friend, NHL Sid. Here's a closer look at Edmonton's 5-on-5 goals for percentage in Woodcroft's final 13 games. Many criticized Woodcroft for the D-zone system change, but their in-zone defense has actually been fine. The major issue was the neutral zone transition play. 20 of their 31 goals against were off the rush. So the defensive zone system, the zone defense, actually wasn't too bad. They could not do anything to block chances off the rush. And here we are, four games into the Nobby era, and that problem still remains. There are some things that I like. 
There's more back pressure from the boys back checking through the neutral zone. But this is a problem that if you want to hang it on Jay Woodcroft, well, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it because you can put a system in place. You can make changes. You can make adjustments. The players have to execute it and you need to get a safe. You absolutely need to get a safe. And when you have two goalies, I guess three goalies now, with a save percentage under 900, it is not going to happen. Stuart Skinner, 12 games played, 873. Jack Campbell, 5 games played, 873. Calvin Pickard, 1 game played, 875. Now, I'm not blaming the goalies for everything because that's not fair. It's a team game. There are situations when they got left, hung out to dry. Calvin Pickard against the Panthers, his first game with the Oilers. Perfect example. He did everything he could to try and keep them in that game. The defense around him was not good. Are we going to blame Jay Woodcroft for that? What's Paul Coffey doing about it? What's he got to say? Skate faster? Obviously, I'm joking. But again... When you have a save percentage, your three goalies you've used so far under 900, it just is not going to work no matter what system you've got. You've got players making decisions that are incredibly poor on in the defensive zone. I doubt very, very highly that Jay Woodcroft said, hey, Evan Bouchard, handle the puck in your own zone like a live grenade. It didn't happen. It just didn't happen. So when I think of that, it's hard for me to blame Jay Woodcroft for everything that's going on when the Edmonton Oilers have an 897 save percentage at 5-on-5. There are four teams shittier than us in the entire NHL at 5-on-5 save percentage. The Calgary Flames, the New Jersey Devils, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Colorado Avalanche where we used to get through these periods before and last season was that we had players that were able to outscore our problems. And right now with Connor and Leon, Nuge struggling, the players that we relied upon to outscore our problems last year haven't been able to do it. And we still need our goalies to bounce back. And they did that in the, well, specifically Stuart Skinner in the back half of last season. Everybody's cold all at once. There is no way Jay Woodcroft said, hey, Stu, Soup, you're only going to stop 85%, 87% of the shots that come towards you. So we can talk about the defensive zone coverage. I just, I just don't buy it. Blaming the coaches for what's going on on the ice has to end at some point. I've been an Oilers fan my entire life. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has played 13 years with the Edmonton Oilers. He has had nine coaches, nine At some point, the coach is not the problem. Just me? Let me know. Hit me up with a voicemail. <coughs> I thought that was going to be a better verb than it was. That was my boy Dukes. I missed you last week, buddy. Where you been? Um, also, I'm recording this on my PC with my cheap shit mic. So Actually, it didn't sound too bad. I can tell the difference. You sound a little echoey, but uh, not too bad. If the sound quality... If you got a grasp about the sound quality, uh, just just shut the fuck up. Fuck you. Um, I just thought I'd chime in and say that. Um, well, just just a reminder to everyone that you know, 
I'm in no way an example of a uh, a good human being. I disagree. You seem like a fine human being to me. Uh, If you have any receipts that come out that prove otherwise, I did not know about those at the time of saying this. Go ahead. Well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not great. But (laughs) compared to Donkey Volley, I am... (laughs) I'm a god. I'm a beacon. That cunt is a piece of fucking shit. Ooh, sharp. He is the kind of person where, you know, you know when you, if you stopped, stepped in dog shit and chewing gum, if a dog ate chewing gum and shat it on the footpath, which is what we call sidewalks here because hmm. we're normal people, um, <laughs> if you stepped in a chewing gummy dog shit, <laughs> you you'd go home and light your shoes on fire. Right? You wouldn't even <laughs> yep. just try and pick it off. You just light the shoes nah. on fire. Yep, that's what Donkey Volley is. Just light him on fire, kill him. Ah, poor guy's suffering from COVID, and now Dukes wants to kill him. Well, Dukes, I look forward to you hearing this podcast as soon as it's posted, and uh, your rebuttal will be fantastic. I'm sure it always is. Shout out to Dukes, quality human being. Unless receipts come out that prove otherwise. But uh, to this point, he has been fantastic. We are going to Mike D. Mike D., what do you guys say? You ever get so damn frustrated, you don't even know what to say? <laughs> well, of course you do, because you're a fan of the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> and you're listening to Better Late Than Never. Fuck, man, your voice rules. I'm going to do a little live producing here on the podcast. Mike D is getting moved into the bumper bar that is right there. That is set. That is sorted. Mike D, that voice is, I mean, it's fucking butter, man. You should be, you should be doing VOs on, on TV and on radio. If you don't do that already, please, I beg of you just do a send, put together like a highlight reel of that voice and send it off. I guarantee you'll get some work. I Guaranteed not valid anywhere. Uh, we are going to Nicholas. Is this the same Nick or is this Nicholas? It says Nicholas. We'll see what happens. Baked milk. I don't care what prospect you have to give up. I don't care what goal, what draft pick you give up. I don't care how many firstborn sons you need to steal from families of Edmonton. Hmm. I will give my left nut if it helps this team make a trade. For the love of God, Jeff Jackson, Ken Holland, whoever is calling the shots, get a goalie. I don't care what you have to give up. (laughs) I love this. I love that Nick was blaming Woody for stuff just a couple of minutes ago, and now we're back on the goalies. All right, Nick, I'm back with you. Get a goalie. My goalie. This team is comically bad. I didn't mean to push that. What's the deal with Nick anyway? Why does he sound out of breath all the time? Given the age of the kid and uh, some of the dating advice he's asked for in the past, I'm worried that he's uh, cleaning his room while he's calling you. If that makes any sense. It is is unbelievable. Whew. The only thing worse. I almost knocked over a glass of water all over my roadcaster. I would have been big, big mad. Although you would have heard a very, very interesting live reaction provided that I didn't electrocute myself. Sorry, Nick, I cut you off. We all remember the dating advice error better late than never. Myself, REO, and a few other guys asking mm-hmm. for dating advice. It was funny at first, but then it got kind of old. And sad. It got kind of bad. The only thing worse than that 
is this fucking Oilers team. So mm. let's talk dating advice. Beg milk. There's sure. a girl in three of my classes. I'm in four classes at university. There's a girl in three of them. Mm-hmm. We talk about our class all the time. We seem to get along well. We seem to, you know, have some chemistry. I like her and I want to ask her out. But the problem is this fucking hockey team is giving me trust issues. My confidence is shot watching this team. So I can only <laughs> imagine how the players feel because I don't have confidence. How, how do I ask this girl out? How does and also, please get a goalie. Please get a goalie. How do you ask a girl out? Well, here, here's my advice here. Obviously, you've come to me because I've got excellent advice. I am known for my uh, sexual prowess. So you've come to the master for guidance. And I'm here to give it to you. The way you do it is you get yourself a brand new outfit. I'm thinking a one piece, maybe spandex. Maybe something covered in feathers or sequins or a combination of feathers and sequins. You want to peacock a little bit. You want to make sure that no matter what, when you walk in the room, she goes, Ooh, look at Nick over there. I don't know that I've ever noticed him wearing a feather suit before. Does he always wear a sequins hat? He's sparkling like a diamond over there. Hmm. I wonder what his situation is, she might think. And then you keep it casual. You go, hey, girl, how you doing? I bought you a Kinder Surprise. Generally, the toys suck shit these days, but the chocolate's delicious. Enjoy yourself. And you sit down and you finish up your class. You look across. You do your work. You're nonchalant. You're casual. You're playing it cool. And then she goes, hey, Nick, thanks for that Kinder Surprise. The toy, it was a sticker of a bear. And apparently you need to collect the whole set for it to make sense. So you were right. The toy sucks shit here in 2023. But you know what? In the United States of America, they can't even get a kinder surprise. So, who's really losing in this situation? You go, damn girl, you know a lot about geopolitics. You know a lot about the import-export game. How about you import your phone number into my phone? How about I export a date into your calendar? How about you and I get together and I can take off this chicken costume? Nick, that doesn't work. You might be doomed. Pretty sure it's going to work, though. Pretty sure. Well, the Oilers lost again. Yep, we lost again. Is this Vinny's cock? Let me see here. Yep, we got Vinny's cock chiming in. Anyways, I think it's celebrating time, you know? We're going to tank and rebuild. And then, one time I said we're going through another decade of darkness, but I think we're going through something new called... The double decade of darkness. 20 years of so darkness? So we'll again in 2034, not 20, no, 2044. Yeah, 2044. Oh, no. And I'll be 35 then. So that's kind of sad to think about. Wait a minute. 20 years from now, you're going to be 35. You're a 15-year-old? And you're calling yourself Vinny's cock? I'm going to get a, like, I'm going to get a swear jar. Wait a minute, did Ben grow up really quickly? Where is Ben anyway? I have not heard Ben and you on the same voicemail in quite some time. I'm thinking you also need a swear jar. Back to you. But, um, yeah, 2044 is going to be a good year. You know, I'm just defeated at this point. The season is over. <laughs> like, sure, we won three games in a row, but we just lost two in a row. <laughs> you know, like, the entire team has to do better. McDavid was actually pretty good tonight. Dry still has to do better. Nuge is having a horrendous season. Like, what happened to him at this point? Anyways, 
Like, Nuge just has to do better. Goodbye. A lot of a lot of guys need to do better. It's like I said, Nuge has 13 points in 17 games, and on face value, you go, hey, that's not so bad. But he needs some goals. What has he got, three? First, uh, The last goal came about four or five games ago now. He definitely needs one. The problem is Nuge is having some really good looks, and you could tell he's another guy that's battling confidence. He is like where last year he had close to 40. He was zipping pucks in, and they were going right inside the bar. He was picking his shots. He could thread the needle. This year, he just... It's not happening. He's missing the net. He's missing quality chances. He's hitting posts. He's getting chances, and I think it's going to come with Nuge. Again, president and CEO of the Ryan Nugent Hopkins fan club, but I completely agree he needs to get going. I'm coming back to Nick. What do you got to say, Nick? Mel, so in my last voicemail, I kind of slayed Woodcroft a bit, <laughs> and I want to double down on it. I feel oh, no. bad about it. I really do. It hurts my heart, but <laughs> I got a vent somehow. Go ahead. Like... <laughs> this team is so god awful defensively. I'm uh what's interesting to me is that I've got three voicemails from Nick here. And uh I just play them on my soundboard in the order in which they, you know, they get loaded into my sound system, but it sounds like this one is out of order. So, is there an update on my app that I need to do? Did I download the voicemails weird this week? Having issues. Anyway, Nick, back to you. Whatever you want to say. It reminds me of the Dallas Eakin swarm system. Ah, the old swarm. Love to see it. That's what this team's defense reminds me of. But again, Jay Woodcroft is not the coach anymore, dude. You're blaming, you, you, you know, might as, well, might as well blame Pat Quinn for what's going on right now. RIP. I'm going to blame Ken Hitchcock. I'm going to be like, hey, Hitch, you didn't turn things around when you took over. The defense wasn't really great. Your fault. They look like they have no fucking idea what they're doing. And that's terrible. It's not like the Oilers are trotting out Andy fucking Sutton. The Oilers have good personnel on defense. Nah, I'm going to stop you there. I'm just That's where I disagree with you right now. They are just not good enough defensively. If you look at teams that are the best of the best right now in the NHL, no offense, but they don't have a Vinny DeHarnay on their pairing playing 15 to 16 minutes a night. I'm sorry. It's just not the case. That is a GM problem. And again, Woodcroft is not the coach. He is not the coach. He is not the coach. So as I said in the last video, we're going to make the playoffs game around 35. That's sad to think about. I'm 15 right now. Ah, See? Notice how I nailed the math. Nice job, genius. You really can add 20 to anything. Good for you. Spell on 35. It's going to be a good year. We're going to make the second round. 35 is good, by the way. I know you're a 15-year-old right now, and I just learned that about Finney's cock, but it's uh, 15 years old. When you're 35, is actually pretty sweet, because if you think about it, you probably have a career at that point. You got some, uh, you got some uh, ABs behind you with the ladies. Maybe you're married. Maybe some kids. Life's pretty good when you're 35, man. I'm not going to lie to you. And... Then we're not going to make the playoffs. Last time we didn't make the playoffs for another two years, but this is the double decade darkness, so it's going to be four years. So, yeah. So everything is doubled. So we'll make the playoffs like a double amount of time, too. So that that's a positive thing about. So, yeah. But it's going to suck for the next 20 years. Anyways, see you. Have fun. <laughs> You can tell, I should have known that Vinny's cock was a young guy. I should have known. 
And I actually now feel weird calling him Vinny's cock, knowing that that's a 15-year-old I'm talking about. So I'm probably going to stop that going forward. Um, but you can tell who hasn't lived through the shit. You can tell. Some of us older boys, we've been here. We've done it. That doesn't make it any less painful. But we've been there and done it. Last voicemail of the week is going to go to Kyle the Embalmer. What do you got to say, sir? Hey, BM. So, oil country's a little down right now. <laughs> uh-huh. So, I thought instead uh, I would tell a joke. Go. So, yeah. There we go. Uh, here we go. Bouchard. No, that's it. That's that's the joke. It's just Bouchard. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you see how I hit the laugh track there? Colleen Bomber, not a big Evan Bouchard fan. Never has been. So times like this, we can't encourage him too much, though. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Everything is painful, but that's how we're going to end off the recovery for Donkey Volley voicemail. If you want to sponsor the voicemail or you know somebody who might want to sponsor the voicemail, bagmilkatoilersnation.com. If you want to sponsor any segment of the podcast, bagmilkatoilersnation.com. If you want to leave a voicemail, the links are in my social media accounts. Hi, my name is Bagmilk on Instagram, JSBM Bagmilk on Twitter. Uh, Hi, my name is Bagmilk on Threads. I don't really use that one, though, if I'm being honest. I'm trying. Trying to find some balance, but uh, it's tough these days. Tough sledding. There's a lot of things not going well right now in oil country. A lot of things hurt. A lot of things are painful. And uh, at least we're in it together. That's the good news. But keep your chin up, you know? Or keep your chin down, hands up, ready to fight. Whatever you need to do. As long as we're in it together, we'll make it through. We'll make it through because ultimately... We're not in control of any of this. Not one second of it. With that, we're going to wrap up the podcast. I want to say thank you to the audio department, to Alberta Blue Cross, to Trilogy Oldfield Rentals, and to Betway. And most importantly, to all of you for listening, that is another episode in the books. We will be back next week, provided nothing fun happens that prompts an emergency podcast. It's been a while since we've done that. Maybe I'll just do one anyway, just for funsies. We'll see how this weekend goes, you know? Why won't you kiss me?